Hello there, my friends. Dr. Renee Tucker here chatting with you again. Today, I wanted to talk about information overload. So for horse owners, how to try and not be paralyzed by information. And for horse therapists, how to not overwhelm your clients with information. And, you know, I thought, should I really do this podcast? Because, you know, is this confusing, too obvious, um, too boring? But I thought, well, you know what? If it helps one person, then it's worth doing. So there you go. That's why we're going to carry on. So I got a good example for you. Okay, because here's the thing. As a veterinarian who does holistic, alternative stuff, I mean, obviously energy body work is pretty alternative still. Well, I see a lot of new people who are getting an open mind and thinking about alternative therapies, holistic treatments, that type of thing. I see them a lot because usually they've used up all the traditional medicine alternatives, Um They've done everything they can. They've done all the x-rays. I've seen plenty of people done all the MRIs. They've done every trainer they know. They've done every shoeing they know. They've done everything. And it's not working. They still have a problem. So a lot of times that's when I see people when they're just um, done and can't do anything else. And then what usually happens is they research on the internet and ask all their friends and everybody on Facebook and everywhere else. And they have so much information. They have so many opinions. And and they're not just casual opinions, right? Everyone's like, no, you got to do this. Um, so it's not any fun to have a horse with a little problem even, or a big one. And you can't figure it out because everyone has a different opinion. It's extremely frustrating. I had this one client who said uh, she just wanted to research, you know, barefoot for her horse. And she said, I went online and there was so much information about pull the shoes, don't pull the shoes right away, get an x-ray, don't get an x-ray, uh, and all these different barefoot trimming philosophies and theories, and then all the barefoot boots. And then it was so overwhelming to her, guys, she just gave up. She's like, just couldn't deal. I just, I have too much going on in my business. And I just thought this shouldn't be that hard. And well, she's right about that. But unfortunately, there is a learning curve to everything. So let me tell you this example of this horse I saw a while back. Um, and, and we'll call her Lady. Okay. So Lady's owner is one of these people who um, had done everything traditional already. Um not everything, everything, but a lot of it. And it wasn't working and her horse was getting worse. So here's her horse lady, sweet horse. Well, the kind of horse you, you know that she wants to be sweet. Okay. But she would, okay, sorry. So she's like, um, she was not, she was like a mix kind of like a thoroughbred quarter horse type of mix. And then, um, uh, uh, just a bay horse, not just, sorry. I love bays. <laughs> bay horse, kind of a mixed horse. Wanted to be sweet, but man, if you touched her, she was not happy. She didn't like to be touched at all. And um, the owner said she doesn't like grooming. She doesn't like to be touched. She's tried a whole bunch of different brushes. Doesn't matter. She said it's. she's definitely more sensitive to touching after she rides her. Um, let's see what else. Oh, she was having trouble putting weight on her. And so she'd just been giving her basically kind of a lot of grain, because she had heard that thoroughbreds need a lot of grain and uh, top dressing it with corn oil. 
um, to try to get the, you know, f- good fats in her. This is her words. And so, and while I'm standing there kind of listening and, and watching the horse, you know, the horse is kind of standing with the, the head and neck more upright than it should. I mean, we're just hanging out by the cross ties. There's not a lot going on, but the horse is just upright um, and very eyes open and wary. And I'm not really close to her. I'm over by the owner, so a good six, eight feet away. Uh, she's still very nervous about what I'm going to do or might do. Um, let's see. And then uh, I noticed that while she's standing there and she had shoes on, all four feet, and then she had underrun heels and contracted heels. And yes, I could tell this from six feet away. And uh, she would occasionally put one foot, one front foot forward of the other one. And then she'd switch it. So after the owner was telling me all the problems, I was like, hey, did you notice that she puts one foot forward and back? Oh my gosh, yes, I've seen that. And then I looked online about that. And then that she probably has an avicular too. And and the owner was worried about so many things and had overwhelmed herself with all this information. She was nearly in tears. And I just feel so bad for her. She's doing her very, very best. And there's just so much information and it's just literally overwhelming and can paralyze people and you don't know where to start um it's just awful really um so so that's the situation i was in i'm trying to just chill the owner down because honestly the horse already knows that they have pain um but the owner's stressing out i know it's hard to not stress out when you're worried about your horse but they notice your emotions so stressing out, freaking out, all this kind of stuff, you kind of want to, if you can, take a deep breath and realize it's going to be okay. You're just going to do one thing at a time. Okay. Now I want to speak to a horse therapist for a minute because you're all wonderful, super wonderful, but I do know that sometimes therapists can overwhelm horse owners who are already overwhelmed with all their information. And that's because as therapists, you know, we just see stuff and we want to tell people so to help them. Um, but that can just be too much. So I have a friend and she's, she's, uh, let me go with colleague. Sorry. And she is, um, just, just not really good at this. Let's put it that way. She would come up to a horse like this and say, Oh my gosh, what's going on here? This is horrible. Look at your horse. She's probably got ulcers. And you haven't treated for ulcers yet? And look at her feet. My gosh, did you do her feet yourself? This is horrible. And oh my gosh, I can't even believe she's not dead. (laughs) I mean, she's so horrible. And people would just blurt out crying. I mean, just aghast at this at this treatment. Um, and I I don't know what actually is wrong with her. (laughs) this colleague of mine, and I've, I've tried to talk to her about this. It's not really going well. Um, so <laughs> anyways, if you have somebody like that, honestly, I don't care how much they know. If they make you feel like crap, just fire them. That's just silly. So um, what I said and what I'd like to encourage therapists to do is just give the first one or two issues that should be dealt with and say, and there's some other things, and we're going to deal with those as we go along. Okay, so what I said to this owner, approximately, was, okay, I see we have a lot of issues here. That's no problem. We can get all of them fixed. And you can just see the client then 
start to relax. Now, she doesn't quite believe me yet, but the fact that I'm willing to say we are going to get them fixed means I'm going to help her get a plan and follow through with the plan with her. So now she's like, okay, okay, someone is helping me. Finally, I found <laughs> help because the internet ain't helping. Asking all the friends isn't helping. She just needs a plan and someone to walk through it with her. Okay. So then I would say, um, okay, for Lady, the horse, we are going to get her out of pain first, the most of her pain, so that she can start, you know, calming down and thinking and you don't have to worry so much about her. So the first thing we want to do is check for ulcers. And of course, this lady at the time was like, I can't afford that scoping thing. I'm like, okay, okay. We don't have to do a scope. In fact, scoping doesn't get to the hindgut. So you don't necessarily need to do a scope unless you, you want to. She's like, okay. And so then I told her about the peppermint tea trial where you just give peppermint tea, like literally, you know, human peppermint tea in the tea bags. And you give one tea bag per day. You don't cook it. You cut open the tea bag and pour it in the, whatever food they got. And twice a day for two weeks. It's a peppermint tea trial. If the horse calms down on peppermint tea and, you know, has a softer eye and is not doing some of these uh, painful related behaviors, then that's a good sign that ulcers are involved. And then you go from there. But so you haven't spent thousands of dollars trying to figure this out and treating stuff and if it's not there. Peppermint tea is pretty cheap. So I told this lady's owner, okay, so we're going to do a peppermint tea trial. And I'd like you to stop giving the corn oil. Because corn oil, and by the way, guys, soy, anything with soy or corn is genetically modified, at least here in the United States. So just genetically modified products cause ulcers, period. You don't have to agree with me. This is just my opinion and my experience. But I would suggest, as I suggested to this lady, to take her off this corn oil and anything with soy in it. Unless perhaps it's organic, but I didn't want to overwhelm with that. I said, just take her off the corn oil and do this peppermint tea trial. That's it. And she was like, okay, 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 I've got peppermint tea at home or I can go to the grocery store. I can do this. Twice a day? I'm like, yes. Twice a day. Can you do twice a day? Yes, I can do twice a day. She's so cute. She's trying so hard. Um, anyways, that was it. I said, we're going to do those two things. And then what I'd like you to do is call me in a week and tell me how it's going. And then we'll go from there. We're probably going to have to deal with some saddle fit issues and some perhaps vitamin and mineral imbalances and perhaps some navicular and chewing changes. But we can do all that as we go along. Okay, so rather than overwhelming your clients with all the 15,000 things that you know to fix on the horse, just do one or two at a time. Now, this will, of course, vary depending on the person. If you have a person who's very optimistic or they have lots of questions or lots of experience and they want to do more, that's fine. Give more info. But these people are already stressed out. And frankly, even the people who don't act like they're stressed out, but are really good at faking it. <laughs> Guys, just give people one or two things to do and then do your body work or whatever therapy you do and see how it goes. Okay, I would love it if therapists would stop overwhelming people and making them cry. I've seen it too many times and that's why I'm making this podcast. Okay, 
I think that's it. So if you're a horse owner, uh, definitely just change one thing per week. Just one. Not not everything you read on the internet overnight. Okay. Just change one thing. Then you know it's working. And then it's not overwhelming to you or your horse. And then just try to learn one thing per week. I know it's sometimes tempting when we have a problem to gulp down all the information. Um, and sometimes you got to do that if there's some real problem at this moment. But if you can, just try to learn something new every week. That's what life's about. It's a journey. Um, if I may suggest, I do have a free emails, 50 horse secrets that your horse doesn't know. And you can find that at uh, tuckerbiokinetic.com. And other than that, we'll give you um, some emails. They're very short, a couple paragraphs. And they either just tell you something or give you a little exercise to do just to learn a little something easy every week. That's all for now. I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.